0: Good morning. I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, remember the images of empty animal shelters as people rushed out to adopt pets at the height of the pandemic? How are those pets and their people faring now? Also this morning, Senator Sherrod Brown discusses the roundtable he held this week in Findlay with local veterans on the benefits of the PACT Act. In our community and business spotlight, you're invited to experience the full diversity of Findlay's culinary cuisine at the United Way's annual World of Downtown Restaurants tour. We have details. The final push is on to earn a spot in the postseason tournament. It's week number nine of high school football. We've got a preview. And another collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, October 14th, 2022. If you need a reason to celebrate on this uh, Friday morning, it is National Chocolate-Covered Insect Day. (laughs) You can't make this up. It is National Chocolate-Covered Insect Day, and it is also National Dessert Day. (laughs) So, (laughs) you have some chocolate-covered insects for dessert. It is National Lowercase Day. Be Bald and Be Free Day today. It is World Egg Day. World Standards Day. It is National Frump Day, which is a day to be a frugal, responsible, unpretentious, mature person. A frump. And it is E-Waste Day. By the way, speaking of... uh, e-waste i saw this uh story from the waste electrical and electronic equipment forum estimates that over 5 billion phones 5 billion old phones will be thrown away this year that is more than enough to stretch around the entire earth and that's just this year alone since cell phones and other electronics contain Uh, Useful materials like silver and gold that can be recycled instead. Not only that, they also uh, create or uh, contain some hazardous materials. So recycling is the better option. Uh, These devices offer many important resources that can be used in the production of new electronic devices or other equipment, such as wind turbines, electric car batteries, or solar panels, according to the uh, Waste Electrical and Electronic Equipment Forum so instead of tossing your old phone or keeping your broken tablet in a drawer, they say you should go green and recycle your e-waste on this International E-Waste Day. So there. You go. By the way, speaking of <laughs> speaking of uh, new phones, nothing says I'm sorry like a new iPhone. A new survey looks into how much money people have doled out to make up for doing their special someone wrong. If you ever cheated on your partner, it turns out the cost of getting back into his or her good graces is on average $1,000. That's what it says. Uh, This poll of 1,000 people uh, asked about their past indiscretions or their partner's indiscretions. 13% of those in the survey had cheated on their partner. Um, Well, 13% say that they had cheated and had been cheated on. Um, 58% say that their partners strayed. Uh, 14% had never cheated nor experienced their partner stepping out. So that's the breakdown of those in the survey. And the poll shows that cheating was not a deal breaker for many of the people in the survey. In fact, um, commerce seemed to be the perfect way to pave the road to forgiveness. 32% said getting a new cell phone from their straying partner would be a fine way to make up. <laughs> what does that say about our love affair with cell phones, with, with technology? Um Uh, 29% said a lavish vacation would get them back in the good graces of their significant other after a, uh, a bout of infidelity. Uh, let's see here. 26% said trading up for a new laptop would be sufficient. Uh, 24% said jewelry would be the way to get back on the good side of their partner. The, uh, the survey even broke things down by indiscretion, based on their polling data. Uh, having intimate relations with a uh, with someone else would set you back an average of twelve hundred dollars, uh, twelve hundred eighty four dollars specifically to make good. So, uh, but on the other hand, kissing a stranger meant shelling out a mere three hundred sixty five dollars and seventy cents. So you can see um, flirting with a restaurant server would cost a cheater an average of $118.80. And uh, messaging with someone else would run you about $375.80. So you can see there is a hierarchy of uh, levels of cheating, according to So you go all the way, that's going to cost you the most. But if you only go to, like, second base, then you get off a little bit easier there. It's it's kind of interesting. (laughs) Buy your partner a new laptop or a new cell phone. That'll do the trick. Uh, By the way, speaking of phones, I saw this among the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Uh, If you've ever gotten sick of your kids being on their phones all the time, you're not alone. It seems your kids might feel the same way about you. A uh, counselor uh, by the name of Courtney, I don't have her last name or where she's from. uh, She was actually uh, posted a item on TikTok sharing some of the complaints that children have about their parents. She's a counselor. and said, these are the complaints that kids have about their parents. One nine-year-old said, parents are always busy. On their phone, I wish I was important. I wish I was as important as their phone, said one other child. Kids in the post seem to want more attention, more quality time and encouragement when they're struggling. Parents in the comments uh, to the uh, video seem shocked and saddened and some have promised to uh, pay more attention at home. But I thought that was kind of interesting because what's the uh, stereotype that I always think that uh, kids are constantly with their nose in their phone, but it's not just kids. Uh, We see that behavior, that bad behavior in others, but they see it in us. So something worth thinking about here. Uh, And speaking of kids, how about this story? You might have heard reports that people are struggling to fill their Adderall prescriptions. And it is true, the FDA has confirmed a nationwide shortage of Adderall, the medication commonly used to treat ADHD. Uh, Teva, the largest maker of the medication in the United States, says the shortage is due to a significant rise in national prescription rates. Company... Says they expect inventory to improve in the next few months, but it could be a while. In the meantime, the DEA warns against buying Adderall from outside of a pharmacy, as you never know, you know, whether it's legitimate medicine. Uh, the same would be true of any medication, but it, uh, Adderall included. Those with more severe symptoms, unable to fill. The prescription should discuss contingency plans with their uh, counselors, psychiatrists on how to manage symptoms without medication, they said. That is kind of scary. It's the latest shortage. Adderall. Wow. Uh, Let's see. A couple of other items here. Among the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. You know, uh, a lot of these uh, shortages and such uh, can be traced back to The impact of the pandemic, lingering impacts of the pandemic, uh, whether we're talking about, well, just about anything, computer chips to baby formula, Adderall. Uh, William Chopik and his colleagues note in their newly published article that different personality types may be more or less likely to adhere to government restrictions during COVID. They looked at the data on who was most opposed to the government mandates during lockdowns and the COVID uh, restrictions, vaccine recommendations, and so on. And they found that people who were open and neurotic tended to be the ones that stayed at home during the pandemic because they perceived COVID as a grave threat. And you're neurotic. You think everything is a uh, grave threat. Uh, conscientious people uh, generally stayed home. Because conscientious people tend uh, to be rule followers, and they are uh, very cognizant of details like the numbers of COVID-19 hospitalization and death rates and so on. They take those numbers to heart. And so, uh, given that they are, have a propensity for following the rules, conscientious people stay at home. On the other hand, uh, extroverts were likely to go out because that's what extroverts do, and uh, disagreeable people, um, the people who are low in agreeableness uh, tended to ignore the COVID rescri- uh, restrictions because disagreeable people tend to care less about the well-being of others. Now, I don't know um, if the reverse is true there. I don't know that they're necessarily saying that anyone who went out during the pandemic is a disagreeable person you know, is a bad person. They're just examining the personality traits of the individuals who did or didn't follow the quote-unquote rules during the lockdowns. But psychologist William Shopik and his colleagues predicted that personality traits may be related to whether people formed new romantic relationships during COVID as well, which I thought was kind of interesting. And uh, by the way, speaking of uh, COVID, do you remember the uh, stories... Uh, at the uh, height of the COVID 19 pandemic, when one of the things that uh, cases of COVID could affect is one's sense of smell, and uh, Yankee candles were getting a bunch of negative reviews on their websites about how uh, the candles had lost their uh, aroma. And normally, Yankee candles are notoriously pungent. But a spike in negative reviews in 2020 indicated that the candles had lost their smell. Uh, There was a theory that maybe it was COVID-related, and the people who were posting negative reviews, uh, it wasn't the candles' fault. They were just suffering the effects of COVID. Well, apparently, research now has concluded that that indeed was the case. Northeastern University uh, did a deep dive into these numbers, and they found a correlation between the negative reviews of Yankee Candles uh, and surges in COVID cases. For every 100,000 new COVID cases, no smell reviews of the candles went up by a quarter percent. <laughs> uh, basically what they're saying, if you can't smell a Yankee Candle, uh, then more than likely it is because you had COVID. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh <laughs> correlation between the spike in those negative reviews and a spike in uh, cases of COVID. So there you go. Kind of interesting. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started.
1: WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. It'll be partly to mostly sunny today, a high around 60, partly cloudy tonight, a low of 41 the Finley City Planning Commission is recommending to full council that they deny a request to rezone a property that would be part of a proposed McDonald's on the south side of Finley. South Main Street resident Bill Shadle spoke out against the project at the meeting.
2: People will ask me why I wore my gym shoes with this suit. Uh, the reason I did that is because they don't—they don't match this outfit, do they? The McDonald's does not match that site.
1: After the Planning Commission voted to deny the rezoning request, the City Council Planning and Zoning Subcommittee met and decided to table the request, giving McDonald's some time to address some of the concerns raised by residents and commission members. Get more on the website. There's some new information about the shooting that happened outside a Toledo High School football game last week.
3: Toledo leaders say the city is facing a crisis after the shooting at Whitmer's football game Friday night where three people were hurt. Mayor Wade Capsikavage told us one of those three people was targeted, saying surveillance video shows two people getting out of a car and shooting when that person arrived.
1: WTOL 11's Amanda Fay reporting. Get more on the website. An update on Ohio's abortion ban.
3: The Ohio Attorney General filed an appeal of the ruling in Hamilton County, which blocked the state's heartbeat bill. That law banned abortions after six weeks. Right now, abortions are legal until 20
1: weeks. ONN's Yolanda Harris. Tim Miley is leaving the position of director of Finley-Hancock County Economic Development. Bowling Green State University, the University of Finley and Owens Community College, announcing that Miley has been appointed executive director for the new Center for Advanced Manufacturing and Logistics. With all the, the new companies that are coming,
2: with Honda being announced and Intel, they're bringing new technology, new supply chains, and the center will really be a partner in companies that are investing here in Northwestern Ohio and something that we're really looking forward to.
1: Miley calls the new center a game changer, saying it'll help Finley and the region not just retain companies, but attract companies. I'm Matt Demchak for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM.
0: So now our cover story this morning, you remember the images of empty animal shelters as people rushed out to adopt pets to keep them company and stave off feelings of isolation that we all felt at the height of the pandemic. Well, now here we are a couple of years later. And situations have changed, with the cost of everything, including pet care, squeezing family budgets more and more, have those extra four-legged family members become more of a burden than a blessing. We are joined by Kitty Block. She is CEO of the Humane Society of the United States, and Mary Epotoliti-Smith, part of the executive leadership team for Maddie's Fund. And Kitty, let me start with you and that basic question. How are these pets and their people faring now? In the long run, has adding an animal to the family dynamic been all it's cracked up to be? It's all that it's
4: cracked up to be. Uh, increasing your family by bringing in uh, companion animals, bringing pets into your home is great for the pets, but it's great for you. And the bond between animals uh, and and the families, they couldn't be stronger. And I think we, we got a real good reminder of that during the during the pandemic. So what we're really excited to talk about today is this launch of this national program. Uh, between Maddie's uh, Foundation, HSUS, and the Ad Council. This is how we talk about how you and your community, even though this is a national campaign, how you and co- your community can help keep animals and and pets. I mean, I'm sorry, home pets, people and their pets together as right. part of their family members. From steps that are as small as fostering to providing food in pet pantries. To helping reunite animals, uh, lost animals, with their owners. So we're really excited about this. We know people uh, across the country care, and this is just a way to ha- to help empower them to help.
0: Mary, again, you know, like we said, we are in a du- much different place now. Uh, we see. Uh, inflation, high inflation, squeezing families' budgets, making things tight. And as we all know, uh, millions of families are, you know, one paycheck uh, away from a uh, financial crisis if a, a job is to be lost or if a health issue uh, comes up or, or something like that. And And this really is a way that now that we've put all of these families together with these companion animals of keeping those families together, that's really the idea, right?
5: Yes, Chris, because I think that um, the fact that we have um, every time that I think in the shelters, they've reached out to ask the community for help. The community has stood up and said, what can I do? And this is just a reflection of that great spirit, that willingness to, um, you know, walk out your front door and get to meet your neighbors again, get to meet the animals in their lives and figuring out ways of really being able to engage in those random acts of kindness.
0: So you bring up a a good point that, you know, when we talk about shelter animals, uh, a lot of times, you know, everybody is quick to step up and help. You know, how can we uh, make sure that the shelters have what they need to care for the animals uh, that they're charged with caring uh, for? But, you know, sometimes after those animals are adopted, the families uh, in many cases uh, need help uh, as well.
4: Yes, you're you're absolutely right. It is. It's still so important to help out your local shelters. That that has that doesn't change. This campaign is not changing that. But you're right. It's how to help uh, people in the community from from those families having to surrender those animals mm-hmm. to a shelter. Yeah. And I think there is this thought out there that people you know surrender animals to their to the shelter because uh, they don't like their dog or something. It's not that. It really. Primarily, it's because of um, housing. They are in a place where they're not allowed to keep their pet or they have medical issues and they have to go into the hospital for a period of time or they're in the military and they need to step away. So if community members can can help either foster those uh, animals while their neighbors are getting the care or traveling where they need to, um, it's just so important. And it really is about what what you can do to, to help to help those people save their families.
0: So that actually was going to be uh, my next question. So let's talk about ways that uh, people can be a helper within their communities, uh, which is uh, what this campaign is all about, raising uh, this kind of awareness. How do people help?
5: I think one of the ways that they can really help, Chris, is um, uh, being able to offer temporary um, you know, fostering uh, for neighbors' pets donating food to, um, to food pantries, pet food to food pantries, uh, making sure that your food pantries do include pet food because a lot of shelters do have food that they're willing to give away. Being able to partner with um, human food pantries is really an ideal way to make sure that we reach people that um, may have those needs. I think when you go to the vet and you're paying to have an office visit, If you can, think about paying for somebody else's office visit. Hmm. You know, again, I um, am from the Bay Area. And back in the day when there used to be toll takers on the Bay Bridge, oftentimes people would not only pay their toll, but they'd pay the toll for the people behind them. And those kinds of really random acts of kindness really go a long way to changing, um, as you said, these are dire times that we're living in. And being able to express our humanity with compassion and love doesn't get any better than that.
0: Little things that we can all do to step up to help. Again, uh, Kitty Block is president CEO of the Humane Society of the United States. Mary Aponelida-Smith with Maddie's Fund, uh, the executive leadership team there. Where do we learn more about this uh, Pets and People Together campaign?
4: Just as you said, you can go to petsandpeopletogether.org, learn more about the campaign, see the ads, and how you can engage.
0: Ladies, thank you both for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. You know, one of the most significant pieces of legislation to come out of Congress in 2022 is the PACT Act took a little longer than it should have, but it did get done, thanks in large part to Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown, who had championed the bill since day one. We've talked to him about that in the past on the program. Earlier this week, he was in Findlay for a roundtable with local veterans and veterans advocates to discuss its benefits. Yesterday, we spoke with Senator Brown about the importance of that event and ones like it. It
2: It was really a pleasure to be in Findlay. Uh, and just to be able to to continue to work on on this legislation. This started five years ago. uh, Well, it started for for veterans well before that. Five years ago, Susan Dyer from Sandusky, not too far from Mm Fenley, her son-in-law developed a terrible illness. He died from it uh, from his exposure to these burn pits. It's healthy six months before he got sick, uh, ten years after he served. He ran a marathon and ran it pretty well, and, and uh, and then developed this illness and died far too quickly. And Susan we went together this week in Fenley, uh, and she's gone on the road on a lot of these. So I went to work on this bill. It's named after her son-in-law, the Heath Robinson Pact Act. It simply says, if you've been exposed to these burn pits in Iraq or Afghanistan, you should sign up for the VA. And if you get any of these 23 illnesses, when President Biden signed the bill, he listed 23 illnesses, he said... Anybody at the bill signing, anybody that has any of these illnesses automatically gets coverage from the VA, gets help there at the VA. So um, whether you're going to the Lima, Seedock, or the Toledo, or Ann Arbor, or Toledo, or, or Dayton, um, you'll get the kind of care you need. People should go to va.gov slash P-A-C-T, uh, any veteran that was there, sign up. And, um, and we'll, you know, the, the help will be. Cole Coleman was at our round table. She is the head of the Veterans Service Organization. She's terrific. She's one of the best in the state. Uh, and um, Sheriff Heldman was there. Uh, Commander Lamb from the American Legion Post uh, helped to sponsor it uh, and brought us together. So I'm going to continue. My my goal as a member of the long time of the Veterans Committee is to make sure every veteran in Ohio knows about this, signs up. If they sign up, nothing happens until. Unless they get sick, then they will automatically be qualified. So we want to get, we want to make sure we'll get the VA coverage that they need.
0: When you meet with uh, veterans uh, like this and the uh, one-on-one like uh, earlier this week in in Findlay, this is obviously uh, priority one, getting the word out about the uh, PACT Act. But what are some of the other things that uh, that they bring up that uh, become priority issues for you?
2: I hear individual problems with VA benefits and services at these kinds of meetings in direct response to your question and I'm always taking notes to learn where 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 the the VA is a really good organization it's taken care of a lot of veterans in the most humane way they have a different quality to their care care than a than a, a civilian hospital has they just know how to look out for veterans better they in fact many of the people that work at the Seabock in Lima or or the VA in Dayton understand that they're veterans themselves and understand that care. So um, I'm just always at these roundtables and I've done 10 of them since the bill passed. I'll do another, I don't know, 56 and 78. I don't know. My staff will be doing them too Mm -hmm. to just listen in groups of maybe eight or 10, Chris, not, not large groups, but eight or 10. And then people in the audience can come up and talk to me or my staff too. So it, it really is about honoring the people who served us and no excuses to do anything anything less than
0: that and uh, again raising awareness about the uh, benefits that are now available uh through the uh, pact act which was passed earlier this year and uh long overdue also want to mention uh because obviously uh we're the home of the uh Uh, Cleveland guardians uh, here uh, locally uh, continuing in the play. I know you are a huge guardians fan and I am told that you were at that uh, big marathon game. What uh, a few days ago, that one that went 15 innings and, and all of that. I, I, I wonder what is more gut wrenching for a fan such as yourself. Uh, a a fifteen inning marathon game like that in the major league baseball playoffs, or waiting for the results to come in on election night
2: well, probably wait. I mean Alex, it's hard to it's hard to <laughs> say there's not you're not more tense at that but you know, in the the rope my daughter and my daughter and my wife and I went to the game, my daughter we we thought back to the game when she was a teenager when she and I went uh, when the Indians had the walk off home run against Boston, the first playoff game they had played in and, you know in forty years in nineteen ninety five where they later went to the World Series yeah, that walk off home run by Tony Peña in the extra innings. So that's exciting. And you know? I it's even more tense because every pitch um in the in extra innings can be the last pitch of the game. Right. right? So but well, I mean there's not, nothing quite like election <laughs> night if you're in a close race <laughs> and really <laughs> never know what's gonna happen on election night. I've never been asked that question compared that's scoreless game for uh, what it feels like on election night that's that's pretty
0: well, for funny. for a huge fan i mean that's pretty gut wrenching so i just i, yeah. I just wonder it is, is, is gut wrenching
2: <laughs> it's gut wrenching but i mean then you sort of step back and you think why do i care this much um, i don't understand it but i still do
0: it is <laughs> it it is the eternal question of uh, sports fans everywhere senator Sherrod brown thanks very much oh, for yeah, taking the yeah. time we'll do it again thanks chris
4: Now, the Good Mornings Community and Business Spotlight.
0: We are joined in the studio once again by Angela Daboski, President and CEO of the United Way of Hancock County, with another uh, story of, we've been sharing these over the past several months, stories of the way uh, the United Way has touched the lives of actual individuals uh, within the community. And this one uh, involves the Halt Hunger Initiative, I understand.
6: Yeah, it does. Um, So... One of the things that we try to focus on is what does the community need from a holistic look, right? So we're not in that um, direct service uh, provider mode as mm-hmm. much as a lot of our food pantries are. A right. Lot of, uh, uh, feed a Child program that, that
0: Well that's kind of not thing. really The role of the United Way You you are more of a Sort of a clearinghouse. You uh, help people With the financial side Obviously But then also Directing people To get the resources right. That they need And that kind of thing
6: We do that And then we also Are working hard To make sure our Is our community Using our dollars As efficiently as possible yeah. Are we not Duplicating services Are there gaps In things that we need As a community That are mm-hmm. not there Yeah. Um, this story today Actually comes from a gap uh, we partnered with um, Ohio State Extension office and the farmers market locally to create a program where people can use their SNAP benefits to buy fresh produce. And, and if you're not familiar with it, SNAP benefits are what used to be food stamps, right. but it's now on a on a preloaded card on a mm-hmm. monthly basis. So they can take their SNAP card into the farmers market, uh, exchange it for some tokens, and get some fresh fruits and vegetables, whatever's in season. You know, there's there's regular limits on it, right? Um, so a couple weeks ago we debuted this program which will run all next year as well and some new families came to the tent and it was a working mom and her son that were there and she says, "Wait a minute I can I can use the benefits that I have from snap hmm. here at the fair So yeah. they explained to her how it worked and um, she turned and looked at her her young son and who then said, "You mean I don't have to use my birthday money to buy honey today?" Hmm. at the farmer's market.
0: That's awesome.
6: So when you think about young kids having to make choices like a special treat like that that some of us take for granted Mm -hmm. um, and then being able to use their SNAP benefits for it instead so that birthday money got to be spent for something that you That he wanted.
0: That's awesome. And of course, the benefits uh, just keep compounding because uh, healthier food uh, means uh, better health overall. You're supporting local uh, entities, local farmers and, and all of that in, a, in an extra way. So, you know, plus, 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 plus right down the line.
6: Absolutely. And so it's really good, good sense for our community and good sense for our families. And that's what the Halt Hunger Initiative tries to do. Um, take care of people's needs so that they can get on a better path in life. So that they can. Right now, we're seeing a lot of people on fixed incomes, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. um, uh, prices are rising. If you're a retiree or if you it's are. Getting harder and harder. Yeah, a working family, that can be very challenging. And no so, question. what we want to do is be able to supplement it so that they can keep on moving forward. And we see a lot of gratefulness.
0: Speaking of the Halt Hunger Initiative, one of the big fundraisers for the Halt Hunger Initiative is the World of Downtown Restaurants tour, which is coming up here soon.
6: It is. And so there are uh, multiple restaurants, downtown Finley, that you can come to the United Way or you can purchase a passport at Coffee Amici. They're available there for $30. You can go around on November 3rd and sample a lot of uh, restaurant samples so you can go and see specialties at different areas and then you know the hope is that you go back to the restaurants and your patron people that are trying to give back to the community this fundraiser will raise about $9,000 that will go directly back into food security in our community. So it's something that you can go, invite a lot of friends to, have a great time, but then really feel good about in the end as well.
0: And it's the perfect connection uh, between the world of downtown restaurants. We are so fortunate to have such a uh, eclectic uh, collection of restaurants uh, downtown to support the world of downtown restaurants tour. And then, of course, it all goes back to the Halt Hunger initiative. How do folks lay their hands on the passports again?
6: You can call into our our office at United Way or you can go to uwhancock.org and you can pay for it right there and we'll make arrangements to pick it up.
0: The only caveat to that, or the only thing that we need to mention, is that there are a limited number of those.
6: There are. There are only 300 tickets, and okay. we are about a third of the way through in a little over a week, so they tend to go fast. It's a hot ticket here okay. in town.
0: Okay, so again, even though the the tour is, what, November 3rd, you November said? November 3rd. November 3rd. Don't wait to yep. get your tickets. Get your tickets you today. Absolutely.
4: The Community and Business Spotlight is a promotional advertisement, paid for by the featured sponsor.
7: John Marshall with his high school football preview. Week 9 of the season is upon us and teams are looking to solidify their playoff berth or improve their seed. In non-league play, number 4-ranked Macomb takes their 7-1 on a trip to 3-5 Plymouth. The Big Red from Richland County, southeast of Willard, have yet to beat an opponent with a winning record. In Blanchard Valley Conference action, 7-1 Arlington heads north to Van Buren. Though the Black Knights own a 2-6 record, Arlington's Josh McGrain thinks they offer his team a good matchup. They're physical up front on both sides. It's just going to be a big challenge for us because, you know, you take a look at their record, but quite frankly, you also take a look at the teams that they play too, and they've played some really, really stiff competition. The Knights need to win tonight for a chance at a playoff berth. You can hear that game on WKXA tonight with pregame at 6.35. Elsewhere in the BBC, 4-4 Riverdale meets 5-3 Pandora Gilboa on the Rockets' home field. Arcadia is at Liberty Benton, and Corey Rawson goes to Van Lue. The Finley Trojans face a test in a St. John's team that is better than their 3-5 record would indicate. Finley coach Stefan Adams on the challenges the Titans pose. they a record out the door. This is a rivalry game. They're a good football club. I don't care what anybody says, but their record says. The Trojan game will air, as usual, on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com, and 95.5 FM. Other games in the Three Rivers Athletic Conference include Whitmer at Clay, Fremont Ross in Toledo with Central Catholic, and Lima Sr. at St. Francis. Ranked number three in the Division 6 AP poll, undefeated Carey faces neighboring rival Upper Sandusky in the Devils' homecoming game. The 4-4 four and four Rams pose more of a threat than their record might suggest, according to Carey coach Jonathan Mershman.
1: We're definitely going to get challenged in the passing game. You know, their quarterback, even if you get a good rush on him, he's elusive and and can run. And their receivers do a really nice job of doing scramble drill. They know how to get open. It's going to be a test.
7: Also in the Northern 10, it's Bucyrus at Buckeye Central, Mohawk visiting Colonel Crawford, and Winford at Attica with Seneca East elmwood is number 12 in the division 5 ap poll the royals stake their 7-1 record against a 5-3 genoa team in northern buckeye conference play also in the nbc faustoria hosts unbeaten eastwood at memorial stadium in the western buckeye league ottawa Glandorf travels to defiance that game is available at 1063 thefoxcom tonight and on 1063 fm Blufton is at Delphus Jefferson, Lipsick is in Lafayette to meet Allen East, Crestview visits Ada, and Columbus Grove takes their 6-2 record to Spencerville. Again, it's Finley with St. John's on WFIN tonight, Ottawa Glendorf at Defiance on 106.3 The Fox, and Arlington at Van Buren on 100.5. With this high school football preview, I'm John Marshall, WFIN Sports. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert.
0: Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Park officials in Pennsylvania say they don't know who's posting signs warning of Bigfoot activity in the area, but it's not them. Ha <laughs> ha They also threw cold water on the notion that Sasquatch might be making a home in the Keystone State. Bigfoot is not real, according to the press secretary for the Pennsylvania Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. (laughs) Wesley Robinson uh, tells local news reporters the signs state that there have been encounters in the area and call on visitors to observe elevated park etiquette and to be cautious of your surroundings. They also warn, do not approach the creature. (laughs) You know, it's actually probably good advice uh, to be cautious of your surroundings when you're at the park, observe etiquette and so on. So we appreciate the advice, but there has been no Bigfoot activity. The agency's declaration that Bigfoot is not real is unlikely to end the debate about the mysterious creature anytime soon as searching for a sasquatch remains a popular pastime uh, in parks both in Pennsylvania and around the nation <laughs> we don't know who's posting the signs but it is not us <laughs> also in the uh, broken news today a man in a uh, man from Chesterland Ohio which is just east of Cleveland Uh, apparently, uh, Clayton McCoy is his name. Apparently, uh, he fell in love recently with a woman that he met online. He had developed feelings. Problem was she had a boyfriend. And so Clayton did what any reasonable person would do. He drove to Baltimore and tried to bomb her boyfriend, bomb him. He, uh, has uh, admitted in court to making a bomb and delivering it in a gift box to his romantic rival. Mr. McCoy pleaded guilty in Baltimore Federal Court this week. Uh, That's apparently where the woman and her boyfriend live. Uh, The victim survived despite shrapnel injuries, but the blast caused nearly $47,000 in damage to his home. Yikes. Just just another example. Be careful of the people you meet online. Man, it's crazy. This from Baker City, Oregon. An inmate at the Powder River Correctional Facility was on a work crew when he stole a U.S. Forest Service vehicle. (laughs) Hal Davis was working... Uh, for the uh, Forest Service when he stole the vehicle that had been left unattended with its keys inside. What did you think was going to happen? What did you think was going to happen? You've got inmates, criminals, uh, they're on the uh, work details. You leave a vehicle unlocked with the keys inside. What a shock. It got stolen. Oregon State Police, though, spotted the vehicle and re-arrested. Mr. Davis, he was originally in in prison for vehicle theft. Vehicle theft and eluding police in uh, Lane County. So let's put him on a work detail (laughs) with with vehicles there. Makes sense. Uh, If you are a parent, you know that normally... Uh, it is your job to say no when kids ask for things that they shouldn't have. And kids have a propensity to do that. They have a tendency to ask for things that they shouldn't have. Uh, case in point, when a 10-year-old boy asked his mom if he could have a tattoo, she did not object. <laughs> Parenting fail number one. 10-year-old wanted a tattoo, so she said, Sure. 33-year-old Crystal Thomas has now been arrested for endangering the welfare of a child after the boy approached the school nurse and asked her to apply some Vaseline on his new ink. <laughs> I, can just, I can just see the school nurse's reaction. You want what now? Excuse me? Uh, police say the tattoo artist sought mom's permission before going to work, but because tattooing a kid is is against the law, regardless of what the parents say, the tattoo artist could also be charged with child endangerment as well. As for Ms Thomas, she has been released from custody and has promised to appear in court at a later date. Uh, her son has been placed in the custody of child protective services. Man! <laughs> Imagine 10 year old a tattoo. Uh, mom fail. That's not mother of the year right there. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, this from Conway, Arkansas, where Austin Claggett has filed a lawsuit against the Moralton Country Club. You see, Mr. Claggett played in the club's Tournament of the Century last Saturday. And before the tournament, the country club had promoted a brand new 2022 Ford F-150 4x4 SuperCrew pickup as a prize for the first person to hit a hole-in-one on the course's 10th hole. The truck, with a sticker price of more than $53,000, was allegedly donated by a nearby Ford dealership. Well, against all odds, Mr. Claggett went out and aced the 10th. According to reports, it was a good, clean hole-in-one. It did not happen on a provisional. It did not happen out of turn. There was no way that they could disqualify the hole-in-one. It was a legit ace. However, uh, when he went to claim his new ride after the round, the country club would not turn over the keys. J. Hodge Ford says that they were unable to secure the necessary insurance for the vehicle in time because they believed that the vehicle was being donated for display purposes only. They claim they had no idea the country club was going to run a promotion and give it away. Without their knowledge, uh, Moralton Country Club promoted the pickup as a hole-in-one prize, perhaps thinking no one would actually make a hole-in-one. A decision which has now backfired spectacularly. Uh, Mr. Claggett's lawyer, Andrew Norwood, issued the following statement on behalf of his client, quote, if they didn't want to pay up, they shouldn't have offered the deal. (laughs) Yeah, that seems kind of basic. I think he's uh, probably got a case here. I think he's going to get his truck. Somebody's going to be out 53K. There you go. Uh, That is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly
7: scheduled programming. Take WFIN wherever you go with our updated mobile apps for iPhone and Android. And now you can listen to us on your Alexa device. Get the app at WFIN.com or in the App Store or Google Play. Plus, enable Alexa by searching for WFIN under Skills and you'll soon be saying, Alexa, play 1330 WFIN. And the best part is the apps and skills Are absolutely free. On the air at 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Online at WFIN.com and on your smartphone, tablet, and Alexa devices.
0: And now, your daily download the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. So, Wall Street yesterday had this big rally, which kind of caught some people by surprise, given that the consumer price index and the producer price index uh, numbers that came out this week showed that inflation is still persistently high. But apparently, uh, most economists believe that the indications are we have hit our peak of the post-pandemic inflationary pressure and that things will start to ease. However, a new survey from the BMO BMO Financial Group finds that uh, perhaps Americans are not so convinced, average Americans not so convinced. 34% of those in this survey say that they are delaying major purchases such as a house or a car. More than one-third are putting that off preparing for a recession in the near future. Uh, Meanwhile, 29% in this survey say they are focused on paying down debt, which is always a good idea, but especially if you think we're headed for a recession. And 28% say that they will cut back on their holiday spending this year. Uh, That is not necessarily what retailers want to hear, certainly. A whopping 74 percent. Again, economists are saying we've seen the worst of it and things should start getting better with respect to inflation. But a whopping 74 percent say that their concerns about inflation have increased lately. So, again, average Americans uh, don't seem to be feeling as optimistic as many economists, apparently. (music) The week would not be complete unless we are joined in the studio by my wife, Kyra, with another collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. Hello there. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) You know, this is kind of interesting. Um, You know how everybody is uh, struggling with uh, prices, rising prices these days, and... All of yep. that. It's a its a struggle for everyone. Yep. This, I thought, was uh, kind of interesting, a, a story that I saw on the uh, Newswire uh, about the most efficient way of cooking in oh. the uh, kitchen. Okay. Um, air fryers are, I mean, we kind yeah. of think air fryers are more efficient than the oven. Right. Yeah. Um, so does that mean you save money when you use your air, air fryer? Yeah. Um, because they use hot air and a small amount of oil to cook food faster than a right. conventional oven. Ovens use more electricity than air fryers, but microwaves and slow cookers yeah. are actually the most energy efficient options yeah. in the kitchen. Yeah, I love my so, I love my slow cooker. <laughs> so slow cookers and if you're looking to save money, the slow cooker is yep. your best bet. Yep. They say that is the uh, most efficient cooking apparatus yep. in the kitchen, um, or they say you could get creative, at batch cooking large meals in the oven, oh, yeah. and then reheating them in the microwave. Yep, that is the uh, one of the most effective ways to cut down on electric costs over time. Okay, so hmm. kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, so if you've got a couple of recipes. Uh, That you want to make for the week ahead and both are similar uh, or they're the same baking uh, or cooking temperature in the oven. You can do both uh, at the same time and then you know yep. reheat them in the microwave when you're yep. ready to actually serve them so yeah. just something to uh, keep in mind and again uh the uh, slow cooker is the most efficient so kind of interesting now. yeah that I, is that's that cool so uh <laughs> today's uh, recipes uh, are not slow cooker recipes yes, I knew. the
3: meatball soup is oh it is
0: yeah. oh okay all yeah. right so we do have a, a slow yeah. cooker recipe and so there you go <laughs> a very uh i did not see that so yeah. A very energy-efficient recipe for meatball soup.
3: Yes. Which, again,
0: good time of the year for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So
3: four cups of beef broth, a 16-ounce package of your frozen cooked Italian meatballs, or if you like making your own, go right ahead. Mm -hmm. Uh, Three cloves of garlic minced, 28-ounce can of crushed tomatoes, 16-ounce can of kidney beans, a half a teaspoon of salt, a quarter teaspoon of ground black pepper, one teaspoon of Italian seasoning, and then two-thirds cup Parmesan cheese shredded, and that's to put on top of your soup after after you're all done. You don't put that in. Okay. So in a crock pot, add your beef broth, your meatballs, your garlic, uh, your tomatoes, beans, salt, pepper, and Italian seasoning. Cook on high, three to four hours, or on low, six to eight hours. Um, And then uh, you're ready. And then you can add your Parmesan uh, to it when you're ready to uh, eat it. It is super
0: easy. Yes. Super easy for the uh, meatball soup. Yes. And uh, again, like most... Crockpot recipes. Yep. It will make your home smell like yes. fall. Yes, good stuff. <laughs> Uh, We also have a recipe for pepperoni pizza bites. Yes.
3: So this is three-fourths cups flour, three-fourths teaspoon baking powder, three-fourths cup of uh, milk, one large egg, one teaspoon of Italian seasoning, uh, a pinch of crushed red peppers. And if you want it hotter, you can put more. If you don't want to do it at all, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. Um, A quarter teaspoon of salt. Uh, half a cup of mozzarella cheese, half a cup of Parmesan cheese, three ounces of pepperoni cut into quarters, and then your marinara sauce for dipping. So preheat your oven to 350, 375 degrees. In a bowl, mix your milk, your eggs, and set that aside. And then in a sec- second bowl, mix your flour, your baking powder, your salt, your Italian seasoning, and your crushed red peppers. Uh, combine the wet into the dry ingredients and whisk it all together. Then add in your pepperoni and your cheese. Uh, uh, mix that up more. Uh, spray your ba- baking um, muffin pans. And then I, I sprinkled mine with some flour. Um Okay, because it, they, I'm just, I'm afraid they're going to stick. So even with a no, yeah, stick? even with the yeah. yeah so even when treated, I just yeah. a little bit a little bit of flour, kind of swish it around, mm-hmm. uh, put about um, a large spoon f- scoop in each one of them. Uh-huh. Uh Fill all of all twelve of them, and then cook for about uh, fifteen minutes to eighteen minutes, depending. On how thick your your muffins are, mm-hmm. um, and then um, take them out when they're ready and serve with your marinara. Yeah,
0: these are the like the mini muffin. Yeah, they're uh, like a mini pans. muffin. Yeah, I suppose you could do a big muffin. Oh yeah, but that would take it would take a, would take a to, little bit longer to cook. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I just used much, a regular
3: muffin. Pan. They wouldn't
0: be bites. Yeah. if they would, <laughs> if they're in the yeah. bigger muffin. I just so used, used a regular. Yeah, I just used yeah. a regular muffin pan. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, again, a real simple thing. Yep. Uh, like on a Friday night. Yep. sure put it with your soup and And, uh, then for dessert the caramel apple pie bombs yes
3: so four (laughs) tablespoons of butter melted one cup of apple pie filling a half a cup of brown sugar packed uh two teaspoons of ground cinnamon one package of soft caramels unwrapped and divided um Yeah, unwrap them. You definitely want to unwrap them. them. Yep. Uh, All-purpose flour for dusting your hands. And then uh, one can of your flaky biscuits, uh, your refrigerated biscuits. um, And then some caramel syrup. So preheat your oven to 350 degrees. In an 8-inch by baking pan, melt two tablespoons of butter. So I just take mine while my oven is... Is warming up. I put the butter in my pan and put it in the oven. The oven, oven. there, and you let go. it melt. Okay. So then you don't have to, and then um, take it out, spread it so it's kind of evenly around mm. all of it, and then set it aside. Combine your brown sugar and your cinnamon. Add two tablespoons of the apple pie filling uh, with that. Stir that up and set it aside. Then unwrap your caramels, cut them into small pieces, set that aside. Lightly flour surface, flatten each biscuit. Um, you can use your hand or your rolling pin. Um, I use my rolling pin. It just kind of makes it a little bit mm-hmm. more accurate um, <laughs> okay. with the circle. Uh, then add one tablespoon of your apple mixture, top uh, with a few of your caramel pieces, three to four, you know, or Mm -hmm. so in each one, then you're going to kind of bring up the sides of your dough, seal it all up, make it a ball, and then set it down into your pan, uh, seam side down. Okay. So you're going to do that with all of your, all the, uh, uh, balls or all the biscuits. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then you're going to place them, um, uh, brush them with some apple pie, um, or, Brush the bombs with some melted butter, then sprinkle them with the your remaining brown sugar cinnamon mixture that you put inside of that. Okay. Sprinkle that on top of it. And then bake the bombs for thirty to thirty-five minutes until the tops are golden brown. Um, and then remove the apple bombs from the oven. And then drizzle with your caramel sauce mm. and enjoy with some yeah. ice cream if you want, that or is, that or is good all stuff. by himself. However you want to do it,
0: perfect. Let them uh,
3: cool for a little bit before you indulge. <laughs> perfect
0: for uh, apple season, right there. Yes. That is. Uh, Don't that want anybody is to burn fantastic. their tongue. <laughs> caramel <laughs> apple yes. pie bombs yes. to go with the meatball soup. And the pepperoni pizza bites. Yes. And uh, those recipes are posted on the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page, uh, at Kyra's Kitchen WFIN on Facebook. And uh, we're going to link them up, um, or we're going to share them on the uh, WFIN Facebook page as well. You can also find a link at uh, goodmornings.net for those recipes as well. Good stuff. My wife Kyra. Uh, With us, uh, more recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. Kai, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will finish up our podcast for the day and put a wrap on the week. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the program at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up Monday on the program, Tim Miley will join us to discuss his new role as executive director for the Center for Advanced Manufacturing and Logistics, and we'll talk about turning over the reins in economic development. So until Monday morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you have had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next week.